0: Greetings, weary travelers, come, warm yourself by the fire, and let us regale you with mighty tales, tales of adventure, tales of heroism, and of course, tales of Tamriel, brought to you by the unofficial Elder Scrolls Pages. I am your host, Arcanir Silver Shield, and I'm joined by, as always, the man, demit the, the legend himself, Lotus of Doom. How's it going, Lotus?
1: I am uh, I'm doing well. I'm mostly recovered uh, from bouncing all over the U.S. briefly. Um, the last episode of the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, I definitely had a little more of the sexy Phoebe voice because I, like, blew out my vocal cords. People probably... Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're, if you like, an elder millennial, you'll get the friends joke. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I sounded really weird um, earlier in the week. I sound less weird now and hopefully won't be coughing a lot. But very excited for this episode as there is a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. This is true. This is
0: true. And to add into all of those discussions, we also have as a guest a longtime friend of us and the show, Mecha Fishy. How's it going, Mecha?
2: Hey, Ark. How are you guys doing?
0: Good, good. I, I feel like yeah. I am the best one in terms of doing good right Health. now, considering I've been nowhere <laughs> that you guys were, and I wanted to be there, but at least I didn't get the con flu, so...
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Sharing is
1: caring, right? Exactly. yeah. This all transmutes, transmits digitally, I think. so <laughs> <laughs> So as the
0: title of the show suggests both for our live audience and for the recorded version as well, we have some conferences and fairs to go over because Lotus here was at GDC. And both Lotus and Mecca here was at PAX East, going through all the fairgrounds as well as doing all the other Scrolls stuff. Some, unfortunately, Lotus can't speak about it yet, but we'll yes. talk him nonetheless about it and <laughs> get what he I'll share air. anything I
1: can. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and then there's of course the all of the pack stuff that um, that we'll hear from both of you, and I'll I'll mostly just be doing the. Generic hosting stuff for this episode and let you take the lead because you've got the good stuff to talk about Lotus Yeah, so why don't you start with the GDC part though because that as a game developer is an event that I Don't think I'll ever make it to but I sure. really want to one day um, So how was how was that? Why were you there? What were you doing there? And then we'll go into okay. Pax, which is the main thing for this episode because I feel like GDC part you can't really talk about. <laughs> right.
1: The, yeah. And and to be fair, what I did at GDC was a little bit limited cuz like we went there for a specific reason which um As soon as the NDA is lifted, uh, we'll be able to have all of the discussions on that. Uh, Stay tuned because we might have something in the works for a timely way of releasing all that information for everybody, which is not something we're prone to doing on the show. But, But GDC in general... Um, the, the whole like building and setup and everything like that looked really, really cool. Um, it was a little bit of out of my wheelhouse because again, it's just, there was a lot happening, uh, looked a little more well-structured than some of the stuff I've been to in the past or whatever. But, um, the whole thing is basically the reason I was at GDC along with several others that I had the pleasure of meeting, um, was there was a hands-on preview of uh, Necrom. So we got to see what's there so far. It's obviously still in progress, which is why we mm-hmm. can't go into too much of it. Uh, but that was why we were sent out. The thing is, a lot of this episode is going to actually kind of, I guess, need to be a mix of news slash tales because, like, the tales is kind of part of the news. Mm-hmm. So... Sure. um. I've never been to San Francisco or to California at all for that matter. So when Gina and Zoss reached out to me about seeing this, I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Sure. Like that's, I never expected to like go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm in. And, um, not only was it an interesting experience for myself going, uh, but everybody else involved had a fun time. Fun being in very large quotes, getting there. The event itself <laughs> was fun because I think that's probably all I can really talk about specifically. But when we were all flying to San Francisco, um, there was inclement weather, let's just say, in San Francisco. That I saw on Twitter, yeah. It It sure was. Um, So, getting to the airport right out the gate, I had a two-hour flight delay before we were allowed to even lift off, because they were like, weather in San Francisco, not so hot. We're going to hold off for two hours. And I'm like, huh, okay. And then they were like, actually, just kidding, we're only going to hold off an hour and a half. And I was like, did you just un- delay something <laughs> but partly i was like huh that's a little weird didn't really think too much of it uh chilled at the bar because i don't fly well so i'm just like drinking and eating basically waiting for my flight to actually board and take off so i take off and i'm headed to san francisco and we've got like our group thing checking in and delty is heading in and Nephis mm. is heading in and ninja's heading in, and skinny cheek and everybody's getting ready like we're all flying over from our various parts of the world and um it's a long flight from Boston to get to San Francisco. How long was uh, it? Uh, 7 hours and 15 minutes. Oof. Um that's and uh, so that's actually and, one of the things that this
0: is not related to the ESO Elder Scrolls part in general, but GDC had a lot of like accessibility conversations come up in general in the game industry this year around. Mm-hmm. Because they don't do like they didn't do a hybrid version either, like a digital version either. Okay. And one of the things was the fact that it happens in San Francisco, which is for a lot of places within the U.S. very far away Uh, and is an extremely expensive city apparently. So Uh, yes, six Uh, seven hours even for a local. Well, I mean, I say local, but as like states person in the states. Yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) That's Um, so so that's also saying that i landed on time which i didn't oh um because once we got close we couldn't land because the runway was too slick and the winds were too extreme and there was so much cloud cover they were having navigation issues so they were like we're going to just start circling san francisco and hopefully this clears up and i'm as I just stated, <laughs> I don't like flying, so I'm like, I don't like any of this. this <laughs> nope, don't like this at all. Um, <clears throat> so we're we're circling and we're circling and we're circling, and suddenly it's an eight and a half an hour flight, and I'm like, we're we're still circling, and eventually they come on. Shout out to United, which was what I flew. Um, you know, is the first time I ever flew United. I would just like to say that I appreciate them getting me to and from San Francisco without being dead because, um, <laughs> again, I very uncomfortable flying. However, when they came across the uh, thing after we had been circling for a the while, they were like, well, at this point, we're just going to land because fuel is becoming a concern. And I'm like— Nice. To, I appreciate to the dedication <laughs> to get us on the ground, but the idea of we're just gonna land also makes me really uneasy. Yeah, that's um, like... <laughs> yeah, so um, we came in pretty hot to San Francisco, and uh, we certainly landed. She did an awesome job getting us there, but that was enough turbulence where I am concerned that I broke the monitor on the seat, which you can play movies because I was gripping it so hard for us mm. kind of like having a very interesting amount of wind going down. Um, and I get off the plane and I take my son out of airplane mode, and I'm like, Sweet. It is awful outside. It is like torrential downpours. Um, I literally can't see. There's so much fog. And I open the app, and it turns out I am one of the luckier people so far here because Nephis was sent to a different airport because they were just like, nope, can't do it. We're going to Sacramento now. And he was like, but that's not where I need to go. And they're like, well, it's weather-related. Figure it out because we're not going to help. So nice, right? It was very thoughtful of them. So, (laughs) I I don't know what airline he was on, but um, so he actually had somebody uh that he he knows from ESO who lives in the area pick him up and drive him to I believe it's called the BART, it's their train station. And he had to take a train from Sacramento, which is like an hour north of the city, to get to San Francisco. Um, I believe Deltia landed on their last lap before they were going to have to go to another one because they're like, well, we're almost out of fuel, which seemed to be a running theme for everybody. Um, So, yeah, everybody, including like Gina and the crew, they were saying that it was turbulence hell coming in. So everybody was landing really sporadically, massively delayed. And then I get off and my Uber app is being a huge pain in the ass um, and I can't seem to get a ride there. Um, all of this story is probably just don't travel the way I travel because theoretically I did everything wrong here, uh, but I'm still here. So it worked out. Yeah. Um, I don't have any gauge of what I'm doing. App won't work. And I'm like, okay, this sucks. There is a dude in the terminal and he's like, any, he, he's like, is your app not working? He's like, are you at the right terminal? And he tries to help me. And he's like, all right, this is probably going to sound kind of sketch, but you can at least look outside and te- tell that I'm not lying. He's like, technically, I actually drive a limousine service. Do you need a ride? And I'm like, what could possibly go wrong <laughs> accepting <laughs> random rides from people in San Francisco? Um, and I look out, and he has a really nice Mercedes or whatever, and I check his credentials because he, like, he he's actually has a limousine service. I was like, you know what? Sure. I- Screw the, right, the very style safe at that apps. point in time. <laughs> I was like, whatever, man. If you can get me to this hotel, I will be very happy. And he was like, yeah, man, we got this. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Here's, let's toss in my luggage. So we go, and we start driving. And as we get into San Francisco's center, it starts getting really congested with traffic. And he's like, it's weird. There's not usually this much traffic. Um, and it starts really slowing down. And then we find out why it's really slowing down, because the weather is so extreme, it blew trees over and took out power lines all over the city. Oh, my dude. <laughs> At which point he was like, OK, we're going to go a different way to get you to your hotel. No biggie. Like, I, this is where I've lived all my life. I know another way. And we turn around and we start going the other way. And there is a three car accident directly in front of us. <laughs> So we are now sandwiched between a collapsed tree taking out a road and a three-car accident blocking the other direction. <laughs> did you enable so, Did you enable the <laughs> banner
0: before you start traveling or something?
1: Yeah. This was the ultimate hard mode. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and he just goes, uh, so I guess we're going to be here a while. I was like, yeah, apparently. So we sat there for a while until he got to the point where he's like, dude, we have been here for two hours and have moved like 40 feet. He's like. Are you comfortable with me trying to find a creative way to get there? And I'm like, dude, I want to lay down (laughs) like we are we are three hours backwards (laughs) like so to me it's like it's 10 30 at night in san francisco meaning it's already 1 30 in the morning for me my time Mm. on normal i'm like i am exhausted i just want to lay down as long as you don't indict me in a felony i don't care what (laughs) you want to do dude like and he was like all right so he goes over the sidewalk and we drive down this pier section and he just pops out in a bus lane and he's like i think this is only for buses but that means there are no cops here (laughs) and i'm like you know what that's actually pretty reasonable logic (laughs) so we just blended into a a bus lane and we're just kind of like all these buses and then us in a mercedes and then more buses (laughs) and they were the only ones really moving so we were kind of getting there and i was like well, if you can get me close, I'll even walk the, the last part. Like, I don't even care. I just need... He's like, no, no, we got this. And, like, he loops around, and he's like, okay, hold on. That's a one-way, and we go this way. So he scoots out of the bus lane, and he find, But none of the regular traffic could reach this area because it was, like, a bus thing. Mm-hmm. So these streets are free and clear because everybody's gridlocked in all the places that they couldn't get past. yeah. So he's like, "Yeah, we're good, man." And he like drives up, gets me right to the place. I I'm like, "Dude, you're the best taxi limo driver I've ever <laughs> had ever." Like this is amazing, and and he's like, "Yeah, the only problem is I'm pretty sure I'm stuck here now because I can't oh, leave." Oh shoot! Because yeah. technically, he's like, "Yeah, I can drive around in this circle, but like I'm stuck. <laughs> There's no way out," and I'm like. Well, I super appreciate you. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, whatever. So like I get out. I'm all happy. Whatever. I made it. That was like day one. Day two uh, was where we got to have our hands on demo, which I'm very excited. Like I say, we'll be talking about as soon as I can. Um, we showed up super early to the event, which was really funny because we didn't. <laughs> we were like, well, I'll probably be set up. We showed up so early that they literally hadn't even unpacked the computers or anything which was very <laughs> funny. And Gina was like, "Why are you here? Go home." Like, she's go do something. She's like, "You're in San Francisco. This is way too early." Um and it seemed like, well, at least me and Deltia were still on our own time zone right. idea. So, at 4:30 a.m., I'm used to Boots waking up and coming over and like being like, "Hey, oh. it's time to go out." So that's seven 30 normally. Well, that's four 30 where I was. So at four 30, I wake up looking around. And I was like, Oh yeah, boots is in here. So, but then I check the group chat and Delty is like, yo, anybody awake? <laughs> <laughs> but most people are like sleeping in like later or whatever. And I was like, yo, I'm awake. You want to go do something? He was like, yeah, sure. Let's go get breakfast or whatever. <laughs> so Delti and I go downstairs. We go to, uh, we, we browse around the city for a little while. Um, to your point of things being very expensive, uh, I bought two waters and two protein uh, drinks to have like on the go, mm-hmm. and it only cost me $17 in San Francisco. <laughs> I don't...
0: I, I, I understand why. So people were actually recapping their GDC travel costs on Twitter <laughs> um, because Rami started a thread. And it it's like between accommodations and travel costs and everything it's like four thousand to six thousand on average just the uh-huh. cost of being at gdc for an average game developer apparently so yeah I yeah get... um
2: same how much yeah, was the coffee was... that's that's uh, the part drink... i'm
0: interested in
1: <laughs> i don't drink coffee so i'm not entirely sure but for a for another gauge for people um Gas was was six fifty nine a gallon, um, okay. Which is from where I live, uh, that is more than double what I make. <laughs> um, which is uh super uh over the top uh just all around, and um yeah. But you know that was that was interesting. Once everybody woke up, we grouped up as a crew, uh. Got to have breakfast. Dave from the UESP, who's been on the show before, we're gonna actually probably have him come back once we're allowed to talk closer to um, the release of the chapter. We got I got to meet Dave in person. Uh, we all got to go out to breakfast, which was super fun. Really all around, like, the event was just very enjoyable. Like, everybody continues to be just a pleasure to hang out with in person. Um, The final thing of note uh, that I want to just mention about the whole experience, which I just personally found very amusing, was uh, we got to have a nice dinner with the devs afterwards, which was a lot of fun. And then we decided, since we were all like running on caffeine, massively sleep-deprived, all of that stuff, um, after the Elder Scrolls dinner, for lack of a better way of explaining it... um, a group of us decided to just kind of like group up hang out it was man cave uh deltia like i'd mentioned lucky ghost skinny cheeks hacked the minotaur i got to meet in person so oh, it nice. turns out he's not actually a little bull uh like Aww. his <laughs> avatar it turns out he's actually a person uh we had ninja 614 vindula uh it was awesome uh as well as all obviously the zoss crew with brian wheeler uh gina bruno uh uh, Cammy, uh, who's from the Bethesda PR team. It was just, it was a lot of fun getting to hang out with everybody. And then basically we decided, well, we're up anyway, so let's go out for a while, mm-hmm. which is, you know, whatever, no big deal. But then we were like, yeah, so we'll just go to a bar and get some drinks, Um which at that point we de- decided since it's legal in California, we Got DoorDash edibles sent to the bar, oh, um, which was fun. Um, <laughs> good, and then good idea. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a very good idea. Which a lot of people like. This is really happening. Really, this is really happening. Shout out to Man Cave who had all of the plans because he lived in California, so he was like, oh. "Dude, this is totally. He's like, it's not illegal. You, we can just do that here." Um, so that was fun and relaxing. But then the problem came of like, well, we're out drinking, so we might as well just be out drinking, which turned into, I, I believe Nephis might've posted the pictures to his Twitter in which we decided to just, instead of drinking reasonably, just do rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds of shots. Um, which again, very expensive in California, but um, the bartender at this place was, she was on point. Um, and it became very funny because while we were sitting there casually drinking over at our, Portion because there was a decent chunk of us like there, not the devs with the drug part, they had <laughs> gone on their own way. Um, but while we were sitting there, uh, for whatever reason, Nephis and Skinny Cheeks were in these like wooden stools, and we were talking, and for whatever reason, Nephis's stool fell apart just while he was sitting on it. It just, the legs broke and they flew out from under him and he flipped over and landed oh, in no. another, t- <laughs> like he basically keeled over backwards and we weren't really sh- It was one of those things where you don't really know what you're seeing in real life while it's happening because like what is going on. So as good friends, we didn't help him. We laughed, um, which it, yeah, as you, you do. do <laughs> and the bartender runs around the bar and is like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" Uh, at which point I was like,'m I'm, I'm totally fine, like whatever. And um, so she scoops up the debris and was like, "This chair literally fell apart. She's like, <laughs> "What the hell?" And she like holds it up and the wood just splintered to pieces. Like it <laughs> I don't understand. like. So she she goes and she's like, uh, sir, could you get up too? Because Skinny Cheeks was in the same type of stool, so I think she was concerned <laughs> like something was wrong with them. And Skinny gets up, and she comes back over with these two metal chairs, and <laughs> she puts them down. She's like, could you maybe use these? And, and nephus goes, did you just call me fat? And she was like, what? No, no, it, it was totally, he was like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> like we were like, we're, we're totally just messing around. Like you did your fight. She was obviously stressed out because like something was going on. And we we're like, no, yeah. no, no, we're totally kidding around. Like you, you're, you're good. That's like a liability. Yeah. we like, do not worry about liability. To happen. I mean, if someone, yeah, just, we were like, yeah, everything is fine. Hurt like in nobody's, <laughs> That was the thing. We're like, nobody is blaming you for anything. That was a weird <laughs> fluke thing. You're good. We're just kidding around. Um, so so whatever. Super fun night, uh, all of that. We managed to fly back totally reasonably, um, which was much better than getting there. It was also a lot shorter flight because the jet stream's behind you. But yeah, that was basically what I'm allowed to talk about with the whole GDC thing. Um, sans, you know, needing to hold off
2: for... the full reveal i mean so so what a recap almost died got edibles destroyed a bar stool
1: yes
0: actually that's that's very good that's
2: (laughs) the tldr
0: (laughs) exactly that's a wild trip
1: though yeah i mean Uh, yeah it was certainly an interesting experience then again
0: every event i know zas or elder Skulls online somehow involved in seems to turn into like I'm, I remember the Vegas tales as well from the last yeah. time it was done and you all being at the bar at like 4 a.m. <laughs> with Finn and everybody yep. and now this yep. so and you know meeting I mean, actually meeting them at ESO Tavern last year it that's it, what I, I was about
1: to say the ESO Tavern turned into a like, literal medieval bar where people mm. just got up and started playing <laughs> back. it's like it just, it's something about doing this stuff. Apparently, just everybody goes off the rails. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I mean, obviously, we are really looking forward to the actual NDA part because... Correct. ...Necrom and how it was and things like that. But, yeah. Were yeah. you able to, like, visit the actual GDC Expo as well or just... So-
1: We roamed around at GDC for a little while. We were pretty limited on how much we were allowed to mess with Mm -hmm. um, because it seems like a lot of stuff, I I mean, some people, that's not why they were there, obviously. I actually knew about GDC, so I was sort of interested, so I was poking Mm -hmm. around a little bit, but a lot of stuff seemed like you needed um, specific permissions for venue types specifically. Yeah. Or you needed to have things booked which obviously oh, we did not okay. um, type of thing, which happens yeah. at PAX and stuff mm-hmm. as well. You have panels you sign up for. So like, yeah, it's like, um, so I really kind of just got to look around mm-hmm. and that was the extent of it. Had I been there longer? Cause I just, a kind of, this trip was, I was there from Tuesday and flew out Thursday morning. What? I arrived so it was like i was there for like literally 36 hours uh with several of them being preoccupied for the thing that we were Mm -hmm. flown for like so like had i had more time i actually probably would have loved to spend more time at gdc proper personally Mm. um but but since we w- we had our portion that we were seeing, which was... GDC kind of spread out across the city, it seemed like. There was the main convention center, but then there were, like, little blips all around the city of, like, little projects they were doing and stuff like that. There may um, be. Yeah, but it well. it looked really cool. Um, it was busy mm-hmm. as well. Like, there were so many people. Um, was it
0: more crowded, at least the por- portion you sold, than Packs Or... Comparing it to I, PAX General.
1: I think it's actually... I think it might be a little smaller than PAX. Oh, okay. Similar, maybe? But, like, PAX I is, mean, I believe, 84,000 people. If I didn't I'm, know better, I'd say this was in the 60s. Yeah, Even that is a massive 100K. number. Is, is PAX
2: 100K now? So I hear. I haven't heard this confirmed, but... Yeah. That many people shoved right. into the uh, Boston Convention Center is, like, how didn't we collapse the floor? Right. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Valid. I so
0: mean, yeah. Is DevCon is, is Gamescom still the biggest one then? Because Yeah, I I'm it, almost positive. It, Gamescom, it, I apparently think is actually last year there were like two hundred and fifty thousand people, and that was half Damn. the usual amount they said. Yeah, so normally as, it's as like 500,000 people. Yeah, like,
1: I, I think GameCom uh, dwarfs the other ones, like in comparison me. wise. I mean, yeah. Even
0: with, even with 250,000 people, uh, and I I never went there on the weekends and I couldn't yep. walk, it would most of the time, two people would squeeze you from a, squeeze. either side and they yep. pick you up, and then wherever they go, you go because you are not, you go, you are not touching you're the stuck. floor anymore. Shh. It's We're just you with go tie. with them.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, is Game.com more like a GDC and it's set uh, throughout the city? Because it's uh, no. is very much just the convention center.
0: Just the convention it. center. Yeah, Games.com is the same oh, as wow. well. So it's the Kölnmesse convention center, or however it's pronounced. But it is massive. It's insanely big convention center. So I, I don't know. Like, it, it takes... Around thirty minutes, maybe more, to go from one end to the other, just on foot, just just walking. So it is That's it is a big crazy. center they have. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's it's surface area is large. Gamescom, I think, is just as big as it gets, as mm. far as I know. Actually, um, from everything Cat, else is a-
0: Kai Mar says, if you can stand literally anywhere and have have space to stretch your arms out, then it's less crowded than Gamescom. More than Gamescom. Yeah, okay. No, fair. fair, fair enough, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so Ew. these events uh are 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 definitely busy, they're definitely cramped but not to that extreme. Right. Um I feel like I would like them more than maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um which you know the the I, I guess the the interesting part about this is, you know, discussing h- how all of this is like intertwined and it's one event into another. Um so the reason I needed to fly back other than the fact that that's when my flight was just given to me. So like I was kind of just going (laughs) on what that was. Um, I needed to get back in time to get to PAX East. So this is just like the convention hour for the podcast because that's, that's, I basically landed, had time to go to bed and then wake up, to go directly into Boston, which is not far away from me or Mecca Fishy, um, and attend PAX East for the next several days, because, you know, why pace anything out or anything at all <laughs> in a reasonable time? Um, and PAX East is kind of a, a little bit of the experience itself was obviously super fun. Um, but one of the things I figured and why I kind of want Mecca to jump in with me now is we had some general gaming stuff that was interesting, but it's kind of worth noting Elder Scrolls, uh, and Bethesda slash Microsoft didn't have a direct presence much. However, they did have one thing very related to this, uh, podcast and everything which was the elder scrolls board game betrayal of the second era which we were given a private game session uh to play Mm -hmm. yeah quote unquote we were still in the convention hall so it was loud af but (laughs) but it was literally just me and mecca uh with the dev who was kind of like streamlining it for us and explaining it it's very much still in early access i guess you call a board game early access i don't know i this suppose yep. yeah okay oh, so it so was like
2: very much in an alpha state it's not not even no. better
1: yeah no 100 like, like the art isn't alpha. even done yeah yeah it's like artwork wasn't done there are only two races so far uh, argonian and imperial but they're going to do all 10 races like there's a lot still in the works Um, but what they did have, I personally was like really entertained by. So what was John or, or Mecca knows a little more, uh, he's a little more well-versed in board game stuff. So what was your impression like kind of out the gate with, with at least what we got to see in playthrough? we did finish an entire session. Uh, so actually, you know what, since I wrote his name down specifically, shout out to Andrew who, uh, set up the interview and everything like that. Mm. I just tagged chip theory on on uh, Twitter when they posted something and that's how I found out about it. It wasn't even like one of the myriad of emails that I was sent. i I just saw them post that. then they happened to be there and and he did an awesome job. Getting us to find him, and it was supposed to be a two-hour session, and he let us literally chill until we finished the thing. Either we won or we lost. He was not kicking (laughs) us out until we finished, which was super
2: nice and kind of gave us a good full closure of, like, a full session of it, which was neat. Mm. All right, but Yeah, I mean, it was a very—I really enjoyed playing that. That was very nice. I mean, it was a one-four-player cooperative adventure game. Uh, set in the second era during the Banner War and the Plain Crisis.
1: Yeah, it ties in
2: specifically to ESO. It's not like a universe...
1: Like, like it's a specific tie-in to coincide with the game, which is actually kind of neat. You'll see some, like, recurring characters and stuff like that, which is interesting.
2: Yeah, there's shenanigans about... And you as a member of one of the core guilds, you know, like Fighters or Undaunted or... Maybe those sneaky Dark Brotherhood folk. Uh, You're (laughs) uh, given missions, and you're given... uh, I think they said the base game comes with three region maps that you basically play the missions on.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And uh, it's all very uh, dice-based. And as you build your character, you can kind of tailor your dice pool to how you want to play, which is really neat. That it's taking simple concepts and building upon them to build more complex mechanics.
1: So yeah, I mean, nothing in and of itself was super complicated. It was like, kind of to your point, it was like fifteen simple things combined together to make a pretty involved thing
2: with a lot of options. Yeah, like that uh that uh Ash Titan we wombo comboed.
1: Yes. Yeah, we managed. Huh. So, so there was a lot of like. <laughs> not sure, Andrew. Like a that lot one. of. Yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of combat. The combat is actually, at least balance wise, it is not a thing that seems like you are prone to winning. Oh. We did win <laughs> our session, so to speak. um hmm. But the threat of death seemed really high. I feel like we kind of got a little lucky on our final dungeon getting out. Um because a there happen bit. to be a necromancer enemy, and if you kill other enemies on the board, they have the end of the turn before they're scooped off the board and like disposed of. Mm-hmm. However, if there's a necromancer up, when they're killed, they are then resurrected
2: the following turn. Oh. Yep. And also oh, one weird thing was line of sight doesn't matter and range doesn't matter. So, yeah, anywhere so in the dungeon, anything. if it's on the Your board, it's
1: rezzed, which made a very hard priority target to deal with in the combat scenarios. Um,
0: so how does the and, combat actually work? Like, what do you what do you roll for, for example?
1: OK, John, I, I was going to say, Mega, you probably want to be able to explain this because you're a little more adept in it. So yep. I think you could probably make it flow better. Better than I could.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, like I said earlier, as you uh, you're given your base character and you can kind of build them out how, how you like. There's a fair bit of customization, which is quite nice. But as you build your character, you build your combat dice pools, and you can roll so many dice per, uh, per action. Then they go into a cooldown track. And uh, these dice have straight-up damage. They have other effects. Like I was playing a one-hander Argonian, so I was a good old sword and board, and a number of my dice were like, mm-hmm. I run up and whap the mud crab for two damage, and then I block for two for the rest of the round. And oh, okay, it keeps those uh, those dice kind of stay out in play instead of going into your cooldown track.
1: I think we lost him. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> run. Um, Alright, well, jumping off that for a second, one of the things that I thought was kind of um interesting is when you use these actions that he was talking about, too, <clears throat> was you basically get, like, fatigue dice. Like, you have a bar at the bottom of your your player mat. And you get, like, you put your actions, like, your action dice, like, I'm going to use My three Magicka dice, because I was a mage. Um, When I use them, they go into my, like, fatigue bar down the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then when you, like, switch to do extra extra actions or whatever, you get these white, just clear, like, nothing on them fatigue dice. So it takes up an extra spot. And at the end of your turn, you clear a certain amount off based on this other stat that you pull, like, and design your character around. Mm -hmm. Um, And my approach to everything once we got going... Was to just burn myself out every single turn, (laughs) which Andrew seemed a little concerned. He was like, wow, you're real, you're real all or nothing here. Swing big. Exactly. (laughs) And every scenario was basically swing for the fences for me. At which point, um, if you fill your entire bar, which is a lot of dice at that point, like in your fatigue bar, it is like a lot of dice. Um, If you end up taking more fatigue, then you have space in your bar. You remove two of your fatigue things and it becomes damage because you're just like oh. overdoing it to the mm. extreme. So it's it's your, basically you're allowed to go balls to the wall, but the problem is you can't do it forever or you're going to start taking yeah. repercussions for it. And when we were dealing with the necromancer specifically, I was like, this thing's got to go. So I just was like, going all in. And I believe he said that he was impressed to see that I took more permanent damage to a character than he has seen in all previous testing, which I really (laughs) liked, Um, (laughs) which it, it really like he, it piled up uh, pretty, pretty well. Um, But we managed to kill off the necromancer. Um, One of the things that I, just aesthetically, really like about it, other than the art, which is gorgeous, was um, what's the name of that stuff you make
2: mouse pads out of? It's neoprene. Yes, they're the play mats are made out of neoprene, and it's very nice because it's edge stitched, so it's not going to delaminate yes. like a cheap mouse pad would. They were, they're they're ugh,
1: they're so good. Like so, like your actual mat itself mm-hmm. was. The neoprene mat. It had the little parts cut out of it. So you just put your dice in the cutout squares, so that they're not rolling all over the place, and you can just mm-hmm. place things where you want. Same thing with your tokens. Um, you have experience, which is like a little scroll, and it's got like a little thing you can put that in mm-hmm. as well. They feel really well made. I really like the art to them. Is is um, it just D6, like a six-sided
0: die, or do you have like D20s and stuff like that involved?
1: Yeah, no, it was all
2: D6s, I believe. Okay.
1: Every type was some type of Correct.
2: a D6. They're all, all custom-built, but Yes, they were all. Yep. you know, normal D six said.
1: Okay, yeah, and some of like um, some some of the different types were um, like I, depending upon your your skill in magic and stuff like that, there are different things like, the different types of magic ones will have different effects that work in different ways on different types of enemies. So they can be super effective against one thing, but not so effective against another. But going too much into a specialized one can be problematic when it doesn't relate to what you're fighting. So you want kind of a good mix of specialized skills and universal damage skills, Mm -hmm. which was interesting. Um, I liked that. That That was a pretty cool feature to it the other thing that i thought was very neat was when you are setting up the board where your your characters are and where your opponents are on the map Mm -hmm. again neoprene mats so it's like you're just playing like on little mouse pads but they're like hexagonally shaped so you actually make the play mat while you're playing oh okay and Mm, that's pretty neat actually Yeah, so it
2: it always kind of comes together a little different, which was pretty cool. For the last dungeon mechanic, it was very interesting, because you uh, had a deck of cards with all the different playmats on it, and you would draw from that and randomly generate the dungeon as you played through it, and each one would be a different shaped bit of dungeon with different effects going on, and some of them are beneficial, and some of them are just terrible. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, some of them are just awful. That's uh, pretty
0: neat though. Like g- getting a replayability value in a
1: board game mm. is not easy. So yeah. Um, and and one of the things that I really liked, and ESO players will recognize, for your final dungeon, the goal, as like Mecca had said, <laughs> while we try to fill it out, is you need to get um sky shards. You have to collect sky shards. Okay. And there are two stipulations. We did the little side quest, which actually uh, the reason we did the little side quest was Mecca's idea. Cause I was like, what? well, I'll just go for the final dungeon. Well, <laughs> in hindsight, it was best that we didn't do that because the story they give you um, is if you do the side quest and go to a like a side city type of thing, you can get more information and it makes, or in this case, it made our final dungeon less difficult
2: Oh, so yeah, it
1: cut off normally 30% of the work we would have had to done. Exactly. Um, So you normally need to collect six sky shards in order to escape the cave at the end where we only had to collect four because we started with two because we had gone through and found out. It's like, oh, well, no, these two are decoys. You don't need to worry about it. You only need four. So that was Mm -hmm. kind of neat and an incentive to go. There first, and we had enough time because you're on kind of like a timer of turns before you can get there, so you can't just goof around indefinitely and do stuff like you have to keep somewhat focused but also efficient enough to keep toward your objective and be able to explore a bit. Um, and yeah, I feel like the only reason we actually didn't die a horrible, horrible death in the final <laughs> one because again, like the amount of stuff we rolled that was being problematic, yeah. um, was was
2: pretty steep Uh, Was also the fact we at the end had to fight half of the dungeon twice thank you necromancer yeah
1: we we misunderstood the necromancer a little bit to start with so we were all proud of ourselves for taking out several enemies and then um how many things did you have surrounding you mecca like four different creatures oh my god it was it was a party up in there (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean that's the ESO instinct though isn't it? You go for the ads like that's yeah. in a boss fight ads go down first so they
1: they yeah. sort of did a curveball there with that mechanic <laughs> Yeah. and isn't is Necromancer just blast bones and cast blast bones and profit it's a little <laughs> different in the board game there is profit but there's less blast bones more resurrecting <laughs> unless you consider us the potential blast bones Mm-hmm, possibly. But, <laughs> We've been the blast bones this whole time.
2: And it was also very good. The game does stay challenging the whole way throughout, is it uh, gives you challenges depending on your level, quote unquote. So the more powerful you get, okay. just like the video uh, just like, you know, ESO, it raises the power of uh, your the encounters you run into. That's pretty Yeah. So
0: what what's the difference between like different Races for you. You said there was only Argonian and Imperial. Do you get like racial bonuses, like in Elder Scroll series?
1: Yes, you get different bonuses based on what, uh what is it, what guild you align yourself with, yep. what style of character you're going to be. Like I was a mage. You were uh like, uh,
2: yep, it know, what... was Argonian uh, Argonian warrior.
1: But, warrior. Yeah, you right. get to okay. choose
2: race, class, and to a point, guild.
1: And that kind of like determines some of the so, so. One of the things that ended up being Matty, there was no bard yet, but again, <laughs> there's a lot missing. I'm sure you'll get your bard. Don't worry, you Bard. Thanks, fight. Yes, that's the there... um oh, uh, irrelevant. No, no go ahead.
0: Well, actually, relevant to Matty. W- has there what? ever been a bard class in any of the Elder Scrolls games since you play the classics?
1: I know there wasn't one in the modern ones, but yeah uh in i believe arena and daggerfall you could technically be a bard
0: okay so they uh, started
1: right and then gave up with the idea completely. they've just kind of <laughs> they've whittled down the bard, but there is the bard's college in skyrim so there's precedent for it still being a thing yeah,
0: they are even so is- in
1: in solitude the the gray
0: chapter expansion aren't they
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their building is there. They are there. Yeah, just taunting Maddie.
2: (laughs) I thought one. You wish you were here. One of the classes in uh, Morrowind was Bard. Granted, it's just like a collection of skills. Yes.
1: Actually, I think you're right. I almost feel like there might. I I feel like actually, was there a Bard in? I don't know off the top of my head. I almost feel like there was a potential for a Bard. To be one of the options in Oblivion. Because they still had classes technically in Oblivion. I don't think. No. It was Skyrim that oh, ditched there the was classes. A, you
0: could be a bard. Like your birth sign or something. Like the sign could be a bard or something. Well oh, like maybe that. that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, because I don't think there yeah, were classes no. in Oblivion. In, it, in the sense that sense of classes it was just like build whatever you build type thing
1: yeah well i mean you can always kind of build whatever you build that's why i keep ending up with these horrible nightmare things that do me like in <laughs> in the older okay, games
0: look, you you build wrong things that's a you problem look. man you're like i'm never gonna use weapons or I'm, I'm gonna have a horrible horrible personality that's a you kind of problem not the character building problem
3: Oh boy!
1: <laughs> so yeah all right all right so so like the, look the mythos of bards is there maddie is not off base in wanting this to be more prevalent but in the board game we didn't have a bard yet to be fair um but like one of the things kind of that we had mentioned about like the scaling difficulty which was really cool is like when you when when the tile comes out and um they were like, okay, so now you're going to pick your enemies. And you've got these little bags or these little pouches, and you reach in and there's the tokens in the bags. Mm -hmm. And when you pull them out, it determines what the enemies are. It's like a mud crab or a skeever or a sprigand or whatever. And on one side, and on the other side, it's the advanced version. If you're leveled up to a degree, that's when you'll be like, okay, well, you're above level five. Now flip it over and now you're up to this level of them. So it'd be one creature on one side, a different creature on the other side. And that's like the, you've passed the threshold of experience in the game where now you're fighting the harder side enemies. That's how it kind of got determined, which was pretty neat. Because I think for example, like, again, don't know this is specifically one, but like you could have a sprigand on one side, but then you flip it over and it's an ash titan on the other side right. for like the leveled up version. So like Actually, that was could, where we
0: ended up. You could even spice some. it up by just like flipping it, you know, like flipping a coin. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh that'd be kind of, yeah, I was just going to say, like when you use some of your, your homebrew or- rules, yeah, just totally <laughs>
2: randomize yep. it. I mean, I remember it was uh, the chips were level one and level five and level 10 and level yep. 20.
1: Yes. And the level 20 was go. a shit
2: show. No. It was a truck. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was just it just ran over me repeatedly. Um, <laughs> and I yeah, and that's where we ran into the problems with the necromancer. That was like a pretty late game enemy. We didn't encounter anything like that prior to the final dungeon. Um but yeah, the uh but uh, to to your previous thing going back to classes for a minute. One of the things that was kind of neat since I was a um imperial mage, one of the things that ended up saving me a lot uh <laughs> I went with a little bit of healing for some of my abilities and one of my passive abilities for being, um, I forget if it was because I was a major. Oh, was- no, I'll, I'll talk about the Imperial bit in a second because that actually almost screwed me. Well, it didn't almost <laughs> screw me, but it made my life a lot harder. Um, So i uh, I was allowed to at the start of my turn, if I had taken any damage, I could roll once to get a hit point back. Okay. Uh, so I could roll one, two, or nothing. Like so, basically, as long as I was damaged, I had a little self regen at the start of each of my things. Um, the problem, well, it was great for the beginning of the game, very problematic for the end of the game, which is why I kind of like burnt myself out so hard. <laughs> like when we were fighting, was one of the benefits of being an imperial is I could double stack my skills to start with so that they would be stronger, but I had to use the same bar. So one of my skills would come in from the right, one of them would come in from the left. I.e., that means I am stuck. Like, I cannot advance either of them Mm -hmm. because they're connected. So at the start of the game, I have this huge buff because both sides are, like, full. Like, I start up, But the problem is, where Mecha Fishy was able to continue growing his, like... Stamina skills, yeah. mine were gridlocked against my magic right. skills because I had no place to go. <laughs> so I hit my ceiling a lot quicker. <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah. I, it's Go
0: ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, the fact that there are different play styles as well, not just in terms of, okay, I cast magic, I swing my sword, but like, okay, my stamina works like this. But mine works in a separate way. That is, you know, yep. that it can get uh, grid locked and stuff like
2: that. It, it's that's pretty neat. That's that's variety, which which is yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, using and you were saying yeah, okay. using the same mechanics, the characters do play in very different ways, which is super neat.
0: Yeah, that's um I'm more and more interested. I'm not a huge board game person, but I'm same. I'm getting more interested in this. Now,
2: it is a good time for board games, to be honest. The past 15 uh, yeah, years it seems like they're super They've really for. stepped up. Um one of the things I wanted it,
1: you specifically like in regards to what I was just saying with like uh the 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 different ways of you had a big thing which ended up being wicked useful was after you would attack, you were able to stack like his skin or whatever so that you could take more abuse than I could as well, which I noticed came to your advantage quite a bit because you I was definitely trying to plink plink from the background like a coward, <laughs> <laughs> whereas you were allowed to kind of get up in stuff's faces a little better and not get yep. completely destroyed. It was the,
2: uh, the sword and board where I would run up and I like poke somebody for a little damage, but I'd be ready to take incoming hits. I mean, it's stacked with, uh, like yeah. you know, we mentioned, racial abilities. Each of the uh, races has an ability. Like, I remember your Imperial, when we were uh, spending a time uh, turn on the world map in a town, you could spend one action to, like, gain free resources. It was awesome. Oh, right, because I had my, like, Voice of the Empire yep. perk, which mm. was actually, like, included into yep. me being part of the Imperial Meanwhile, stuff. as uh, Argonian, I had was like, once a combat, I can just ignore a hit. Which was awesome but when something like would we'll walk over yep. and be like, boom, eight damage. And it's like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that like, cause
1: right, again, one of those benefits of being useful out the gate was um, I, <laughs> when we went to towns, the voice of the empire thing, I literally could grab um, like multiple things from a shop which was super useful out the gate, less useful when our inventory got cluttered by all the good
2: stuff, but it was really useful to start yeah, with. And um, one really good thing was, uh, they have a system called tenacity and it's basically, that's, that's your ulti bar. That's you let it charge up so you can do awesome stuff. And one of the great things oh, was yeah. that even when you missed, it would let this charge up. So yeah, even if you whiffed a bunch, you didn't feel like your turn meant nothing when you roll right um
1: doing damage for example it'll um it'll be like i did one damage with this dice and i did two damage with this dice and i did one magica damage with this dice for example mm-hmm. right but you could also roll like crap which i did several times um where it's uh Sorry, Boots is literally rolling over in the background. It's completely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so I, I would roll and say I got three zeros, just like all whiff. I didn't hit anything. I just threw a magic spell and it hit a bird flying by. Um, and what happened is you basically get those whiffs as tenacity. So it goes down into your like tenacity bar. Mm -hmm. which is like another little tracking thing. And your tenacity bar, you can then use on a following turn to basically mitigate the fact that you might suck at wrong. So it's it's kind of almost like building, not specifically a critical, but like building a backup that you can then Mm. use for the ability to successfully perform actions later on. That's
0: actually pretty neat yeah, because it, you do it,
1: your cool stuff points as Mecha puts
0: in chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: exactly. I,
0: I, yeah, I was gonna say like in for example, DND d, because my rolls are totally garbage, statistically wrong, should not be possible, but I consistently <laughs> roll like garbage. Um, I sometimes do like build up to a certain action and role play it and everything you know it's cool this cool thing build it up build it up i roll and it's absolutely garbage and nothing happens and then yep. that whole build up goes away so i guess if the system allows for that in a way like if it you it does and you actually you do really want to do something
1: <laughs> there, it's a basically a fail so fail safe that you'll eventually be able to do something that actually brings up one of the the moves that i had for one of my special moves Um, because I had so much failure built up. Um, One of my mage powers was the fact that I could teleport four spaces on the grid. And as a result, it would allow me to roll uh, up to three hit points back. So basically, I had sork Streak from (laughs) ESL. And more than once, that was super useful. Um, And the other... Uh, well, once for saving me, we did another one where it was a situation. There is also lock picking in the game as well, which is kind of interesting. Some of the board pieces will have um, these. How are they? They're they're free like um, they're other tokens, like yeah, free loot. They're free loot tokens, pretty much. Right. So what you do is like based on what the square has that throws them down, and when you go around you need to land on said thing there's relics which are basically f- slightly different versions I got like the fork of horrorpolation on one of them um but but <laughs> like the um, but like the chests are pickable and they have these numbers around them and basically what you do is you it tells you how many chances you have to roll and what each of the numbers is around it are ones you need to get. So, for example, if there's a four, a six, and a three on the outer part of it, mm-hmm. and it says you have three tries, I roll my three dice, and if I get any of those numbers, I can lock those in. And okay. then I only have to roll the others, and I have that many tries to roll at least one of each of those numbers. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Okay, so once you do that, it successfully pops the chest and you get whatever the chest item is. Same thing for a relic, they're just a little different. The difference seemed to be, in cracking them, relics seemed to be a little bit harder to get because there was one that had a star around it. I don't know if that'll be what it is in the end, but this star meant you needed to roll this number first before you could lock in that one and then work on the others. So if you got two that weren't, so like say it was a one, two and a three for the sake of ease. Right. hmm But the two is a star. If I rolled a one, three, three, I can't get any of those because I didn't uh. roll a two first. So it's a harder thing to do. Yeah. However, in regards to allowing yourself all sorts of options, you can use one of those fatigue points to fix your roll by one so in that case i rolled a one three three i could use i could give myself a fatigue on my bar and turn one of those threes to a two and now that's locked in now i can use the other two so that's kind of what got me into some deep water at points (laughs) because i was like what i i rolled terrible like you needed a four a two and a three And I rolled a six, a six, and a six. I was like, give me three fatigue. Let's just do this. (laughs) So I was like immediately gassed out, just like slamming my face into the treasure chest to get into it type of deal. And yeah, you can't just jam 10,000 lockpicks into it um, to to crack it open. But so that's kind of a neat feature that ended up being on the battlefield as well.
0: Yeah. How long did it take you to actually like start playing the game from, you know setting from getting to the box and
1: then yep. setting up and starting to play the game so our entire session from being introduced uh to chip theory to us completing our quest for session one was i believe three hours and four minutes and that was us being completely clueless on what we were doing to start that with. So okay that was him explaining us the rules
2: yeah, stuff like that we also had a minute break, bathroom though. break in there
1: yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. After a while, I was like, yeah, I need to totally go to the bathroom. He's like, yeah, great, me too. So, like, we even had a hiatus. And,
0: um, like, how much did you comp Like, if you were to continue that session, for example, your game... Yep. Uh, is there more things to do for that play...
1: That Like, that that yes, playthrough, that, in a sense? That was essentially chapter one okay. of the thing. So, you can then continue on... Into chapter two. All we did was in our situation, we were looking for uh, relics was mm-hmm. what we were looking for. There, there was this abandoned area that had like some, some relics of use that was, that's what we were trying to track down. Our session was getting to this place tra- while well, tracking down these relics, where they actually were getting to the place. And then the final dungeon, we got our relics because we found the sky shards, which allowed us to pass through. We got our mm-hmm. relics. That was where our thing closed and we
2: would go on to chapter two the following time if we yeah. wanted to. Uh, the dev said okay. that, uh, that each uh, each quest consisted of three chapters that you carried your character over from one to the next. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's about, I, I, I'm just going to say like an average of 10 hours a quest type thing. Right.
1: And I feel like once you can slim it down because you'd be streamlined,
2: yeah, you'd probably be like maybe six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um
1: like once once you don't
2: need to learn it on the fly uh, (laughs) yeah two hours per session plus a half per each additional player yeah yeah because it can go up to four so exactly so that'll extend stuff
1: obviously as more turns are involved i actually really like those numbers because it's
0: not like um some board games where you have to okay the session needs to be 12 hours um but at the same time you can play it on a continued basis like okay you know we meet up every saturday for like a few hours type thing that's i I, that's that's a pretty good spot to be in for a board game in my opinion
1: Uh, yeah um which don't get me wrong like uh, we were having fun with it especially once
0: we understood what Sorry, Wait, uh, to to Mecca's point, Twilight Imperium. That's the I couldn't remember yes. the name, but that's what was going through my mind because I, yes, I think my Imperium. brother plays or used to play Twilight Imperium. I would just be gone for like an entire
1: 24 hours. It's <laughs> yeah. I've uh, the only time I ever played Twilight Imperium, Makkafishi was involved in that game, and I think it was sixteen hours long we played, something like that. And I uh, yeah. I've never played it again. <laughs> <laughs> um not that I didn't like it, it was just, that was a lot. It's but, um, dedication, to Twilight. Well, yeah. <laughs> to the point of us playing the Skyrim board game from Modiphius that we had been messing with, and we want to still have a second session to, like, continue going with it. Granted, that was a lot of learning, but, like, we were at that for five
2: and a half hours, just figuring out what the hell we mm-hmm. were doing. I, like, I think we'll be able to be much quicker going I'm forward. I'm still but. not entirely convinced we were doing that right. I gotta watch some playthroughs. I'm,
1: um, I'm not either. I feel like there's a lot to learn yeah. with that. But actually, um, this
2: brings <laughs> up a good uh, segue. Um, comparing that the Skyrim board game to the CSO board game, the Skyrim board game, you have to hmm. sit down with the manual and just read it front to back to be able to yes. start playing. This one. Not really. You can like read it for 15 minutes and start and figure sh- like step out as you go. It's much more enjoyable. I, I,
1: yeah. I completely agree with that because I am not a board game connoisseur and I got Betrayal of the Second Era much faster than I got the Skyrim board game. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, one of the things that I actually found that it was very similar to was when we played the Fallout board game. It reminded me a lot more of that. It, it seemed like it certainly wasn't the same, but it had a similar feel and a similar length. Um, so, like, it just kind of started to make sense quicker, I feel like. Um, a, a little more streamlined, I guess, would be a good way to maybe put it. Yeah. Um, i like
0: that though like it, it, if i yeah if i have to read a manual for too long i'm gonna lose interest very
1: fast Agreed. like i should be able or to constantly reference it yeah like because you can't yeah. do anything without oh wait gotta check again hold on like <laughs> i
0: should be yeah. able to figure it out on the fly when the when the thing happens then i then like okay now what that's okay but if i have to read an entire manual from the get-go like from setting up oh yeah that's rough Honestly, I am sold on this. Like I am probably not going to get it because who am I going to play it with is the question. I don't like no one in my circle really plays board games. Uh but I am I'm still interested in it. That's all of it sounds pretty neat.
1: Yes, it uh, definitely was pretty impressive. Um shout out to Chip Theory Games for letting us actually have our little private demo thing. Mm-hmm. But um the other thing that I just kind of wanted to mention is the the Kickstarter is actually live. Um, <laughs> so if this is something you're interested in, um, do check it out.
2: Yes, it's at uh, GameFound.com is their kickstarting platform. And it's you just search Elder Scrolls and it's right on the front page. It uh, Their original launch um, goal was $75,000. And they're already at two and a half million. Yeah, it got obliterated. Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it got completely
1: obliterated. And on top of that, there's several different versions, as well as they. I think they've reached every stretch goal already, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Forty-five or forty-nine. So, like,
2: it it's gonna happen. Okay, it's gonna happen. Yeah.
1: But it's like there's an expansion planned and stuff like that. Honestly, like this is something that I think I would like enjoy playing with people. So I've got to just figure it out. Just be aware. Um, just because, you know, full transparency. It is not inexpensive. The base <laughs> uh you in... don't need to buy the super mega edition, obviously, but yeah, the... it it is it is
2: not cheap. Base game itself is two hundred yeah. bucks. Yes, yeah. yeah. um, plus an extra 45 for the uh, Valenwood expansion. Right. Um,
1: counterpoint to that, at least I will say, and the Fox Ten in chat, Ninetales, uh, Mrs. was mentioning, the quality of some of the stuff, like we were saying, with the, the, the neoprene mats and stuff like that, it, the quality does seem like they're not trying to cheap out uh, on too much of it. So it seems yeah. like they're at least trying to give you something... Um chip theory Worth is while, an established
2: publisher what's that so uh, chip theory is an established publisher with a record of releasing successful games so that's a mm.
1: big okay well there you go then the
2: confidence right there
1: okay well that's definitely good because sometimes that can also be a rough situation to deal with because you don't know about the company so if they've already got like a background in it that's also very promising then i'm glad to hear that because <laughs> that i had no concept of yeah. And the release
0: they uh, it's on this on their GameFound page I see October twenty twenty four.
1: Yes. So. That's I think the goal for them, which is um like I said, a lot of it was done, but you could definitely to Mecca's point, um you could tell the whole yeah, it's 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 in early access wasn't just a line for we mm. just want to try to do like some of the funny things was like cards had descriptions on them, a few of them, but there was no artwork on them yet. It was like, <laughs> just use your imagination. We haven't gotten to this it's, one it, yet. It Where was other like, ones totally were designed. So yeah. like,
0: I, I guess it was like playing Tales of Tribute during the Blackwood event.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not yeah, Blackwood you go. event, but High Isle. Uh, event, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. High Isle. Right, right, right. But yes, very similar. Where like not everything mark. even had art. <laughs> right. What does this do? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Do we want to, because Boots is having a mild breakdown because my wife just got home from the store. Do we want to do a quick pause? You can do the Patreon shout outs. I can yeah. uh, bring her downstairs that so that she can have food and then we can cover the uh, last half of the show with uh the rest of PAX East and spoiler alert. We also had dungeons land on console as if there wasn't enough stuff to cover in this episode. I mean, I'm, I might need to drop out
0: as well, but we'll, yeah. we'll do the break, figure out how to go from there. And then sure. Yeah, that yeah, sounds like yeah. a plan. But before we go into the break, obviously um, we have a round of shout outs to do because we skipped some episodes. And that means we skipped our round of shout outs for our supporters over at patreon.com slash UESP. Where you know you can support us, the show, and earn some awesome Elder Scrolls rewards, uh, some great physical things. I uh, well, I only have the water bottle in handy for stream, but uh, uh, also you can support UESP as well, without which we would all be lost because there would be no one documenting the series of Elder Scrolls as is. But yeah, for the last few weeks of uh, episodes, we have Legion, Worthington, Savior D, Xenonite, uh, Al- Al-Ki-, Alki Maestro, which I imagine uh, a name like that should be crafting all of the potions. Uh, Jay Rodriguez, The Kraus, fell, Olivia, Robo, Dark Lady Frog, Ligris, Zack, Shilcoat, um, Sal, and Team H, or rather Tim H. Um, If I butchered the names, that is a given. I will do that, as you know. But we appreciate all of you supporting both UESP and this show. It's what keeps all of us going um, in terms of the costs of technical stuff. So we really, really do appreciate that. With that said, we'll move on to our break, which will be just a minute for you audio listeners and God knows how long for our live audience. So we will see you all in a bit. And we are back for the second half of the show, which usually involves tales. But for this week, we'll see where we go, because there's still more to listen to from Lotus about PAX, even though we got the Elder Scrolls part covered with the with the board game. But you were also at PAX with a lot of people we know from the community. Um, so what did you all get up to with them? Who did you meet there? Um, and if we have time, we'll also go into the Elder Scrolls Online's new DLC that hit consoles. But we'll we'll see. Right. If we don't have time, we'll record a second episode this this week. We shall see. But yeah, yeah, we'll how, we'll see
1: how this goes. Yeah. So how was the rest of PAX? So outside of that part of PAX, there was also some cool stuff on the floor. I got to meet tons and tons of people from the ESO community, which was tons of fun. Um, Zero Period, NIS, uh, Elder Memes, Tom, uh, oh good, uh, Fox Den, uh, Gone Crazy Back Soon from Snugpod and Lorecasters, um, Avron Doodles, uh, uh, Damned Nerd, Theo, so many people. I, sorry, I, I'm, I'm bound to forget people. Because uh, uh, also, Nefis flew same exact method as me, except he doesn't live in Boston. He flew to PAX East as well. He did the oh. same thing. Wait, so, wait, so
0: he... F- Flew to San Francisco,
1: flew to Boston, and then flew back to where and he actually is. Oof. Yes. He Oof. had an extra flight to get home whereas like, I drove home. Um, so yeah, he, he dealt with even more. Um but also uh from our ironically, just on the show when we talked about Sky oblivion Rebelize, mm. Rebelize came to Pax East, oh. he joined us for dinner. Um, also I got to chat with uh Juicehead from more of the fallout side of the community but obviously both mm. um just like all around tons and tons of fun um and because there was no organized elder scrolls specific event uh we decided to try to basically do our own event might as we were well like let's have dinner like Nephis set one up last time uh where we had a big dinner at legal c's which was enjoyable, a lot of fun type of thing. And people were like, well, let's let's do something like that again, if possible. And um, my solution was, well, okay, let's see if we can get like a, an authentic New England place. But the problem is a lot of New England is smaller because it's like a coastal, like, it, it's really like... It's an-
2: old world city it is
1: it, it is and these places are a lot of them are very old buildings and design, <laughs> designed in a much smaller style of setup and we did a quick poll on stuff seeing who could come and you know talking to Nelly, who actually we I, I hope to have join us on the show very soon as well from the Misfits she was like, "Hey, I'll I'll totally come and we can bring some friends. Uh Mrs. Ninetales and obviously Nine Tail Fox in Chat. Um Mecca was there as well. Um and you know, everybody's just I'm like, "Who who wants to go to this?" Um and a bunch of people were yeses. And I'm like, "Perfect. This is great. This will be a lot of fun." Um, and it was funny because, like, Rebel Eyes, for example, was like, oh, I don't even really play ESO. So I played it like 150 hours at launch and then kind of fell off. I was like, dude, it doesn't, you're part of the community. It doesn't matter. Totally come yeah. with me. He was like, all right, cool. Like, so we, he got there crazy early. It was like five hours early, but we get, we went to this place called Ned Devine's. Um, so in hopes to get back moderately in their good graces, shout out to Ned Devine's for putting up with us. I'll start that with this <laughs> because, um, our original plan was the Union Oyster House, to which I called, and they were like, we cannot accommodate 20-plus people in a single reservation. <laughs> that is ridiculous for a start. That plus is important. Y- yeah, well, that that's a key that will come up later, where I was like, how about 20 or so for a reservation? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, <laughs> well, not even going to... They were like, absolutely not, no chance. And I was like, all right, well, what are you going to do? Well, Ned Devine's is two floors, um. It's it's a bar, restaurant, uh, really good food. Wait, I when
0: I, you said Ned Divines, I thought you were talking about a community member or something. Because no Divine's Ned Ned I immediately
1: thought Divines, Elder Scrolls. I mean, no, ironically not. Um, <laughs> more of a themed restaurant than I realized when making this because my wife and I actually just go there sometimes for lunch. It's it's very good. Um, but this place, Ned Divine's, is is substantially bigger. It's in Faneuil Hall. And I was like, this place is pretty big. I bet if anybody can support us, maybe they can. Hmm. So, um, while we were doing our demo, uh, I asked on crazy's husband, I was like, any chance you could shoot a quick call over while I'm doing this and see if Ned divines can get a, a reservation. And they were like, we can do that. Absolutely. Come on in. And he's like, I think we're a go. He was like, how many people should I say? I was like, say 20 ish. <laughs> It's about 20-ish. And they were like, yeah, no big deal. Whatever. So we took them up on that. And uh, we start filtering in because we waited till after the con. And some people couldn't even make it because they were super burnt out. Pylon had just flown in from Spain, so he, like, passed out. What was he doing in Spain? I don't know. Vacation or something. (laughs) It's Pylon. I don't know. Um, So some people couldn't even make it, like, which is fine. Because it was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, we seem like we got a decent amount of confirmations. Um. But we're not going to be that many of us. Um, I was wrong, of course,
2: uh, because then the industry, we call this foreshadowing.
1: (laughs) Yes. So um, the plus came into uh, effect when we showed up and uh, we met, you know, Rebelize, Juicehead and some people there. And we're, we're, you know, having that. And then um, they're like, yeah, we're setting up the back room. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, no big deal. So as more people start filtering in, we're like, all right, well, we're going to bring you back to your 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 tables. And we're like, okay, cool. So we go in, and they've got these relatively long tables set up, and there's two of them next to each other, and then one over against the window, and then there's like a couple bar, built-in bar area things. And um, <coughs> we were like, okay, this is pretty good. Assuming, well, I mean, there was nobody else there yet, so it seemed pretty... Like, yeah, we got space, and we fill up the first table, and then we fill up the second table, <laughs> and then we notice there's a lot of people who aren't even there yet that are standing and I'm like, people are matching, I was like, oh, we still good? And like, yeah, sure, whatever, and then I'm like, <laughs> oh, we're over 20 people, aren't we? And I start counting, and I'm like, we're at like 26 people. That's not that bad. Yeah. And it's, s- it's like, small well, table like, in the corner. We're at like 30 people like 34 people i was like oh boy i was like actually i don't think i counted very well and at this point we were like well how can we make this so we can all talk together in one big group so we decide let's build a bigger table out of these smaller tables Um, so we start reorganizing and they come back, uh, you know, to get drink orders and they're like, yeah, none of this can happen. <laughs> they're like, this is so many fire hazard problems. <laughs> and we're like, oh, OK. They're like, yeah, like none of this can happen. They're like, you got to keep these separate so people can get by. And we're like, OK, they were like, so you can keep this table and that table and I mean, you can have that table over against the wall and we're like, mm-hmm. OK, I guess we're just going to like angle so that we're all like yelling and certain. Way- and then another party of 12 unrelated to us shows up at the Ooh. same time and they're like on the back table. And I'm like, these people are screwed. They should not have taken this mm-hmm. other mega reservation, especially because I can't count clearly. <laughs> um, so this back room is just piled on top of each other with people at this point oh god um, at that okay. point it's you like should all any tables. you, any table you should all
0: just ditch the tables and set on the floor to be honest just but, like
1: well get so these then tables we, out of then there we all start getting drinks and food so like get little. Sticky. how many waiters <laughs> do you think would be waiting on 38 people and then a table of 12 more than two i mean there has to be at least like Six to eight waiters. Well, if they is don't the want answer, to die.
0: Oh, one my is God. the answer. Poor,
1: poor person. Jesus. There is one dude in charge of this whole friggin' back room.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look too happy about it either.
1: Yeah, and at no yeah, I point did this so. guy look even remotely impressed with a single thing that was going on. God. And dude. it was like, <laughs> okay. Like, you tripped him? Yeah, he was doing the... Yes, it, it, I was going to say. It, 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 poor Katie was... Okay, so Gone Crazy Back Soon was talking, and she put her foot back while talking right as he is walking by. No. And he trips over it, and she's like, oh, swe- I'm so sorry. And he's just got, like, this permanent scowl on his face
3: <laughs> from mm. the event.
1: And and it was just like oh my god like why did they, so the um I I guess he maybe was the manager or whatever uh just came over he's like yeah I really should have just rented you the back room I was like I mean I know I was a little off in the numbers but like. Breh. like, <laughs> how did you think this was gonna work and then you took a, you knew there was a party of 20 say there were only 20 of us and then you took a party of 12 well that's 32 people like I can mm. math that part out you had knew you at least had 32 people and you couldn't get a second person like what are you thinking anyways <laughs> but shout out to that dude because he got I think every single order correctly oh like wow. he okay. didn't screw anything up
2: um so
1: dude was on point
2: (laughs) no i mean everything her table ordered was
1: yeah and and i think that was universal i think everybody's table was like correct so like shout out to them for accommodating us and stuff like that and then obviously because we're all in one place which is a super rare event Mm. uh we were like well we need a giant ass picture together uh and plus you know what are the odds demon cat Daphne is going to be back in the States yep. with the rest of us while we've got rebel eyes there. And like <laughs> all the, you know, the Fox density, it's like, there's so many people from all over the place at the same time. We're like, we need a big photo. So we squished a shitload of us into that photo that we have online of us. Just, Wait, like, I did not see you know. this photo. Hold on. Oh, no. Uh, it so, on your some Twitter? Peop- uh, yeah. It should <laughs> be on my Twitter. Um, it, And it, again, not even everybody is in that photo. Because some people were like, well, I'm not really part of the community. I'm just, like, here with, you know, so, whoever. And, and they were like, but they were hanging out with us. But some people didn't even want to be in the... So that's just, like, a chunk of us in
0: this oh, photo. Oh, I see it.
1: Yeah. So, like, that's just those of us willing to be in the photo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it was busy um it was super fun and yeah as mecca points out in chat because discord hates him uh, (laughs) he even got all of the tabs correctly like everyone's bill was itemized appropriately dude (laughs) i mean it was it was unbelievable at that point y'all better have tipped him properly (laughs) because It was funny because like one of the things which again there was zero problem because uh, spoiler alert we do say all the time it's like all oh, the community is so nice like everybody going to these things is like super chill that I've ever dealt with but like one of the times he was handing stuff out I I was just like on the off chance anything is weird please like let me know so that I make sure everything is covered and he's like mm-hmm. all right I got you he's like I don't really think there's any issue he's like everybody seems fine I was like, but yeah, just before we check out, make sure everything is squared, just in case there's any confusion. It might not even be intentional. And mm. on the way out, when I I was like, are you good? He was like, totally good. Everybody tipped. Everybody's good. Everybody's set. I was like, damn, that is a lot of organization <laughs> by him. and That is a lot of organization by all of us to stay like, okay, you cover this and this and this and this. So it was a giant cluster, but super fun really just all around enjoyable um very excited to see what uh vegas has to bring yeah that's that's still coming isn't it because it's the spring of just complete chaos and i stand by the fact that we got Hermaeus Mora. We got Morrowind. The Year of Lotus currently continuing. Where we just do everything I want all the time, apparently. I don't understand why, but I'm all for it. Great. <laughs> just keep giving me more stuff I like, Zoss. I love it. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a super, super fun event. Um, just from overall Paxiness, before we just Before you move
0: on, the... I still... Yeah.
1: I, I can't move this image out of my
0: mind now. All I yep. can imagine is... The, that waiter guy leaves the room. You all start like hustling around to move the tables around. And he steps back in and just sees you all like, you know, deer in headlight style, just looking at him with tables in your hands. Like, well, it
1: was Hello? funny because what we tried to do as a gauge is we tried to make a giant U shape, mm-hmm. kind of been. like a medieval like <laughs> thing where there's like some people at the head and there's just these two long. That was our idea so that we could all yell across the table to Mm -hmm. each other. Why was there fire hazard, though? What's that about? Because apparently there was no way for anybody on the far side of the room to leave without going under or around a table if a fire were to break out. Which, to be fair, there were perfectly acceptable windows that we could have jumped out of. You know, And it was only like 16 feet in the
0: air. I don't think I've ever seen anybody consider that in my life here. <laughs> like, yeah. That is, I mean, kudos. I've,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, so that's why they were on that. Like, like his mentions, there are spacing profession. requirements in restaurants. And that was the thing. They were like, this is not a clear path for the far sides to be able to get out without other people needing to get out to let them out, which is a mm-hmm. problem in an emergency.
2: And I'm like, okay. It's, it's especially people who have, May have been aggressively drinking Which for was, hours. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. So, so that was why that was considered a big no. Um, but um, so, like from the actual packs floor that I just figured I would bring up, um, that I really kind of wanted to mention was there is this game uh, that Mecca actually had us go try called Bolt Gun. It's a Warhammer game. Oh, uh, um, it's. It is um, yeah. like this first-person shooter Doom-style game, like pixel art. It okay. is so much fun. How did I? How do I not know about this? It, it cre- is amazing. No, you don't know. Oh, about It says this?
0: coming soon. Wait, you're a Yeah, I am yeah, right I don't yet. follow the PC games because almost all of the Warhammer PC games suck.
2: <laughs> you know, I want to say it's, you're wrong. Yeah, but it's, I can't. It's so oh, good. It did, was so like much this. fun. They're pretty bad. Yeah. Dude, strong I recommendation for that I have the Steam gauge.
1: page open right now, and yeah. dude. Yeah. Dude, it is so much fun. I had a ball with it. Um, I Getting that when it comes out for a gauge. So it, it is bolt gun. Yeah. I'm sending um, this
0: to f- my friends
2: already. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just- yeah unapologetically 40k i love it so it's a very
1: 40k game it is just yeah it is called bolt gun um but it's an old school shooter it is a lot of fun we got to test that out um yeah it really 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 good and it handles great i loved it um there was another thing which i did have an interview with them um sounds very promising but there are some I felt so bad because we were allowed to demo it in a huge group uh so there were gonna be ten of us doing Ooh. it uh but it was basically Avron Memes Pylon uh, Genova Camp. like all of us were like prepped to go over technical difficulties at the event the computers couldn't talk to each other oh no and it's a PVP game oh no so, yeah so I felt super bad He still gave me an interview um, to chat with him, but it's called Feudal Lands. So just wanted to shout this out because at least in premise, it sounds very interesting. I can't say about hands-on because I didn't actually get to try it. Mm -hmm. So, but in the thing, it is basically a medieval uh, survival PvP, PvE, MMO um, with... Uh, up to fifty thousand people per like server thing, um, and the combat to it looks a lot like um, chivalry, Mordhau, that type of thing. Oh. Like uh, it's it's like combo styles, like almost like a fighting game type of thing, um, which seems kind of interesting. There's building stuff and all of that, um, but. This has come together very quickly, which is interesting. I guess, uh, according to them, it's been in development for two years, and they already have, like, working prototypes for this, which is kind of mind-boggling a bit. Um, The maps are procedurally designed, so it extends out, so you can have, like, building terrain for it. Um, Different structures that you can build, and Siege, much like... I actually gave him a quick reference to Elder Scrolls Online, and he was like... Yes, basically, mm-hmm. if you
2: were to build those
1: and then mm-hmm. siege them, think of if that.
2: Anyone, if anyone has played it, I got a real Age of Conan kind of feel from v- it. Yeah, ver- very Age of Conan type of vibe. Um,
1: but seemed interesting. But um, either way, it was another thing that we had hoped to get to try. One of the things, though, that I did just think was interesting was uh, just their gear specifically design where much like elder scrolls online where the idea was that sets would always be somewhat usable. So it was, um, crafted gear or, um, like trial gear, Mm -hmm. like are both supposed to be usable. And that's always kind of been the thing since they nailed it down. They want crafting to always be useful in this game too. And one of the things that I thought was kind of an interesting way of doing it is uh the fact that apparently in this game the trials lack of better word dungeons whatever the pve content is you do that to get the plans but not the armor or the weapons Mm -hmm. then you have to bring those plans back to craft them okay so they're they're integrated with each other where Crafting won't help you if you don't have the plans, but you get the plans from the raids, essentially. That's... I, I really like that, because that's what that's a lot sounded of MMOs. I really cool.
0: For example, New World was supposed to be like that, in a sense. New World was supposed yep. to be that you can't have crafters without the combat people, and you can't have yep. combat people without the crafters. They were, they were professions that would have worked hand-in-hand, hand, and now it's not like that. Ashes of Creation... Is I think still going for that. Like there are specific parts. For example, there are specific materials that you need that you can only get to with the help of people who do PvE and PvP to protect you while you are there. And those people need you to craft use those materials to craft stuff like so. I really like that idea. I have yet to see anybody execute
1: it properly. Correct, which is why I always (laughs) wanted like I don't know how any of this works, but it sounds interesting. So mm. it was another thing that I did specifically try to line up with um, so that we could, you know, kind of just get a look at it. And the best I could unfortunately do was just kind of have him chat with me about it. Because, of course, you know, when you, yeah. Yeah, I it's know. Forward. How I much does imagine. that suck? You get at a big thing and then it doesn't work. Like, oh, mm. that's so frustrating. Yeah. We got to uh, see the yeah. uh, game from Turkey. Which oh we yeah, yeah. castle alchemist. Yep. <laughs> How um, was that? So it was kind of. So from what we saw, seemed kind of fun, but they needed to explain stuff a little better. Yeah, I, I
0: we, when I played the demo, I felt the same. Yep. That's why I, I, said to you, like, give them feedback, man,
1: because this record, this needs it. It, it seemed. It wasn't a problem with the game. It was just we were lost on what to do. Because mm. when we figured out what to do, it seemed fun. But the problem was it was figuring out what to do that was yeah. the problem. So, like, yeah. UX um, is a
0: huge problem in Turkish game industry right now. Like, a lot of people come up with amazing games. UX is not there. We, we lack UX for whatever the hell reason. But, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't I, I don't I know mean, why it's that is, but super important.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's its
2: own field of study. It is. It is, but for some
0: reason we we as a country right now, a country of developers right now, skip that part. I mean, look at Mountain Blade. Absolute one of my all-time favorite games. It, it's it's a one of a kind game in its own genre. UX wise, a total disaster has always been. <laughs> I mean, cool. So I don't know why, but yeah, I'm glad you guys went to try that. I only thought, so my idea was only to have you try it. And then you said like, we, and I ask you, who is we? You never respond. And then everyone sends me a photo, like 10 of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was the, uh, so that was called the ESO amoeba because Mm. it just kept, (laughs) People just kept drifting into the pile as we went around the convention floor. And then when somebody found something specific they wanted to do, they would just kind of break off, do that, and then reform with the pile later on. So at that point, the problem was on the convention floor, it was kind of dicey where you had and didn't have good signal. So I couldn't message you back. But for some reason, four feet away from me, Avron had full signal. So that's why she sent you. (laughs) <laughs> the not photo fun. that I could not. <laughs> um what do you call it? But uh yeah, so so that was um that was interesting. Um the other thing that actually I oh two feudal lands that Mecha Fiji actually uh mentioned was yeah, they have like a full seasons mechanic planned, hmm. which is interesting in terms of weather. But much to the previous stuff we've talked about, ambitious, yes. I've never seen that successfully done. Yeah, like well, if in, this in, game in lands some... as well as it plans, even like half Ooh. as well as it plans, this game could be pretty interesting. I, I actually, but it's got a lot of landings it needs to stick. I wasn't referring to the actual weather, but that
2: was cool too.
1: Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know how in depth they're gonna be, but are you
2: talking about the like the seasonal model too? Yeah, they're they're every so often they're going to reset the game and reset all the things everybody built, like every six months or whatever. So like a plague breaks out. Yeah, their gimmick is the Black Death sweeps across Mm. the land and kills all the players.
1: Right, for a season reset. Like so.
3: It's, it's kind of me. interesting.
1: It's got like I said, another really cool idea. This game has uh, th- why I felt it was worth mentioning the potential of this game seems incredibly high. Mm. This is right up Edgelos' valley. Yes, like, it is. hundred percent. He, 100%. Would, I, I'm he sure was exactly exactly in his radar
0: already, of. but if not, he he this is the type of game he would like really get into.
1: He was a hundred percent who I was thinking of the whole time I got mm. the original media email about this. I was like, I want to see this just basically on behalf of a Jello.
0: <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. So um, the other thing we did that was kind of interesting um, just because we were looking around at the booth and it's kind of like the last thing of note related to PAX East specifically was um, we went over to check out the uh, Turtle Beach section uh because i'm sort of looking for a new headset just because mine's been here since the launch of the ps4 and it's still kicking but it's definitely just normal wear and tear starting to like wear it down um their noise canceling headset is off the rails impressive um we were able to test out a whole bunch of stuff it was a lot of fun but um we put it on, and when Gone Crazy, actually, she was the first one to use it. She put it on, and the guy's like, yeah, tap that, and it'll turn noise canceling on. And she was like, oh, okay. And she does it, and she, like, without being dramatic, she literally just made this, like, slack-jawed, like, huh? Like, <laughs> face. And she was like, I can't hear anything. And the guy just kind of chuckled. And and she's looking at me and her husband, and she's like, I literally can't hear anything. And we were responding. She's like, I can see your mouth is moving. and I literally can't
3: hear you. <laughs> so is, she took it oh off
1: and I put it, on. I was like, okay, I have to see this on the convention floor, dead silence. When you put that thing on, it I, literally sounded like you were in a room by yourself. I do not understand the degree of noise canceling those headphones. have. I can't tell if I
0: want that or if I would never enable that because you can't hear anything like
1: that's yes. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, "Man, you could just break into my house, and I got no yeah, clue." I, I, like, I, I, unless I my phone is in front no, of me it's... with the security alarm, like I am too dead to the outside world with that. It's almost yeah. like it's almost too efficient. But at the same time, mm. it's like silence. Yeah. That, so. Yeah, it, they were incredible. Uh, I like Turtle Beach stuff quite a bit myself personally. Um, I've had a lot of their equipment. I, I just really like their headsets. But yeah, their their new version of the noise-canceling headphones, unbelievable, like quality-wise. Mm-hmm. I was blown away. Uh, and their keyboards are really cool. Like I didn't I, – I, they were partnered with somebody, R- Rolox or something like that. Sorry, I don't – but they, they had some pretty cool stuff. But yeah, I was just those I felt needed a special shout out because we got mm. to test them. And when I get to test something, it's like, OK, well, I can tell you at least what I, my experience was with it. And those I was like, oh, my God, like these are outrageous. <laughs> um, but actually, I'm kind of thinking like convention con, blah, blah, blah. And all of this, maybe this should be a place to stop. And we give people another episode this week
3: yeah where we go over the right.
1: patch and I can talk about the dungeons and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So maybe we should just keep this as the convention episode, yeah I actually
0: right. I, I, I feel like because we are at like hour and a half to
1: forty five minutes ish mark. so yeah. so I figured we can do this and then do like a full update thirty seven slash dungeons episode mm. and everybody will get a second episode this hey, week who knows maybe even i'll play line. the dungeons before yes, that please because do you i sold, want dude
0: oh i i'm curious like they're so you, good but yeah i'm
1: i'm curious. I'm terrible at teasers but upcoming episode uh we're uh, within a very short period of this happening the new dungeons are incredible and uh, the first fight in the library to Scrivener's Hall is my favorite fight in the game. Kids, oh, <laughs> dungeons are great. Ten out of ten. Yeah, everyone's Completely saying agree so. So I'm really like intrigued. Finn and I the team know. is firing on all cylinders with this. Like unbelievably good dungeons. I'll, I'll These are some of the best team. the game has to offer. <laughs> um. So but, for um, the
0: next episode, um, uh, it it Wednesday. What do you think? Wednesday or Monday. Uh, well, Monday is tomorrow, so that might be. Yeah, Monday's
1: tomorrow.
0: Maybe Wednesday. Hmm. We'll see. Maybe okay, we'll ac- keep
1: everyone yeah, up to date. We'll fi- we don't yeah, know we'll keep yet. you up to date. You'll have this episode right at the start of the week, and then you'll get a surprise bonus episode toward the <laughs> end of the week. <laughs> so well, this episode might
0: actually fall towards Tuesday. Uh, so we'll I, I don't know. It, right. it depends on how long we'll it's going it to take to edit. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. Um. But, but yeah, yeah. So.
1: Instead would, of us... Mi- we had to miss a week last time. This time you'll get two episodes. This exactly, time. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but honestly, that's... All in all, sounds like y'all had some seriously great time. So and... much fun.
1: And huge shout out to um, Bethesda, Microsoft, uh, ZeniMax, and and Gina for reaching out um, for giving me the opportunity to do this. Because like, this was kind of like out of left field (laughs) for me, sort of like, I always appreciate what I'm uh, given access to and included in, but this was kind of like, I don't know, uh, uh, above and beyond. And then huge shout out to the community and everything like that, that we all got to just hang out in PAX East and kind of make our own thing, Mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun and really, really looking forward to meeting more of you again. And, or, um, Getting to hang out with people I haven't gotten to meet in person in Vegas. So, and then I'm not going to fly anyplace anymore, and I would like to keep my feet <laughs> on the ground. While the EU.
0: Community, better step up for Gamescom because I now I wanna now I wanna organize a dinner myself for Gamescom, especially because the ESO Hell tavern yeah. is not going to be happening, uh, at least on the date uh, of Gamescom. On the date of. So afraid. might as well have our own tavern this time around. We'll see. I first need to get my visa though. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh. end of the show. Um, yeah, so, we did it <laughs> as usual. Um, Mecca. Well let's let's see if your Discord allows you to give any shout-outs you want you to. Um like where can people contact you? Oh, anything okay. you want to shout out, things like that. Shout-outs. I have nothing planned.
2: Panic. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'll be honest, mandatory. I don't have much of a presence. I'm mecha fishy at Twitter, where I barely ever post anything and I just lurk. But there you <laughs> there go. You
0: go.
1: <laughs> Look, all you got to do is get a working PlayStation again, and then you'll just be back on our streams for goofy-ass dungeons again. That's all. Uh, Wait, what happened to your PlayStation?
2: It kicks him off like every four minutes. Yeah, it started getting bad around Merkmeyer and just continually got worse and worse. It's a firmware issue with PS4.
1: Doesn't uh, work. Yeah. Well, time
0: to get to ESO on PC and maybe lure Lotus to it as well. Or steal Lotus's PlayStation so he has to play ESO on PC. <laughs> and then you can play
2: ESO on PlayStation. I think that works. I mean, your lovely wife will just let me in. So there we go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Here to well, your yeah, husband. You're probably here for nothing nefarious whatsoever. You just <laughs> leave with a box of my stuff. Oh. No,
2: no. She knows. She knows. <laughs> There's nothing good happening here.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> As a side tangent, just because it's funny, when uh, we first moved in, my wife, uh, we had a housewarming party, and Mecca and Azure, who are brothers, uh, both that I've been friends with for a very long time, uh, were coming and asked, what could we bring? And my wife was like, oh, just bring whatever, because we had most of the stuff planned for (laughs) and And Mecca goes, really? Just whatever? And she's like, yeah, whatever. So they showed up with an entire sheet cake that just
2: said whatever.
3: <laughs> like we,
2: we were told very specifically that we could not leave that cake there under any circumstance.
1: <laughs> it was it was enough cake for like 26 people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I see no issue there to be honest. Cake <laughs> <Steak> for everyone. <laughs> and how? But yep. Uh, I love and that. And course oh, course we well, did just, not what take it, it home. Yeah, no, oh. you stuck it in the produce drawer, and we found it like a day later. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, for me, honestly, uh, I oh, wish yeah, someone
0: good. brought like twenty six people worth of cake and left it to me. I'll,
1: I'll take. See, it. I'm not a big sweets person, so <laughs> um. I um. But yeah, um, as for me, I'm just uh, Lotus of Doom uh, pretty much everywhere. Or uh, recording the Elder Scrolls lore cast over with Tom on Robots Radio. Pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, And yeah, I'll just be uh, chatting with all of you again soon, hopefully.
0: All right, well, um, as usual, do follow Lotus on all of his channels because... Amazing shenanigans from classic Elder Scrolls, to lore, to Lotus in Pain, to loot crate openings, to stuff like that. Uh, As for me, you can follow me everywhere that is Arkanir, A-R-K-H-A-N-I-I-R. It's a made-up name, so if you see it, it should be me, or I have an imposter, I don't know. Uh, On Twitch, I am Arkanir's Quest, uh, where I do game development streams and the occasional gameplay stuff. As for the show, as usual, you can follow everything we do over at Tales of Tom Podcast.com. There you can find links to all of our social media and content. Be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash if you want to help support the show and earn awesome Elder Scrolls-themed rewards in the process. You can also consider leaving us a 5-star review on iTunes so people know that we are a real podcast, that we say real words, and sometimes it matters. Thank you all so very much for joining us on this episode of Tales of Tamriel, and we will see you all... This week again, actually. Have a great one. Bye,
2: everybody.
3: When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on Siret fell and like a dart shot to its mark down in an alien well. Magic effused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong. Then wild elves cut and polished it down to Chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond. Red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost, learned to men, Akatosh gave the stone to Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end.